G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our country episodes that we do where we review and rank the songs for Eurovision 2021. And today, Michael, we are talking about one of the biggest hitters there is, and it's Russia. And what an interesting entry we have from Russia this year, Dale. And before we get into Russia, I just want to take this quick moment to say that this is our 250th episode that we've ever done. Oh my gosh, really? Yes, and how appropriate to talk about the dark, evil Russia that we've always loved and everyone else seems to hate. (laughs) But Uh, look, I think cheers to 250 episodes. 250. Gosh, cheers to everyone out there and if, you're thanks. Still, if you're still listening. I oh, know, thanks so much for, for listening over the years. We're not doing any special on it, but I think it was definitely worth bringing up. Mm. But let's start talking about one of our favourite countries. They debuted back in 1994, and surprisingly, they've only won the contest once. But boy, have they been close on many occasions. Um, they have made the top three nine times of their 22 appearances. That's almost 50% in the top three. It's huge, isn't it? Um, including four times in the 2010s, as well as third place back in 2019 with Sergei Lazarev. They did have their first non-qualification in 2018, joining, um, not joining or leaving the club that is only filled by Ukraine and Australia at this point. You had to bring up Ukraine, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, that's Russia. You've got to bring up Ukraine, don't you? But um, they've got a great record, and they'll be hoping to continue it in 2021. Who have they got for us this year? Well, this year we have Maniza and Russian Woman. Maniza Sangin is a 29-year-old singer-songwriter, author, video, uh, music video director, public figure, uh, originally from Dushanbe in Tajikistan. Since 1994, she's been based in Moscow. She began performing in 2003, taking part in a number of child singing competitions. <laughs> Very big around that part of the world, I believe. <laughs> yep, yep. She's released two albums so far and appeared on the Russian version of the Mulan soundtrack. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she won the hastily arranged Russian national final this year, <laughs> earning the right to represent Russia at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2021. And she is a very interesting artist. Oh, isn't she just... Let's talk about the pros. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> One of the best things about that hastily arranged um, national final, <laughs> which we don't know what happened there, and we didn't get a little big, but I think what ended up happening is we just got this raw, spunky, different, unusual, very Russian and non-Russian at the same time entry. It's just so different from what Russia would normally package up and send to Eurovision. And there's just something so genuine and raw about it. And to come from them is just such a, a great breath of fresh air. Totally. You've stolen one of my points there because it's not your <laughs> typical polished Russian entry. Mm. Normally it's, it's done to death. They know exactly what they're going to do. And also, even from the artist herself, she's such an activist and she's such an outspoken sort of person that 
generally Russia shies away from that sort of artist. So mm-hmm. really great to see her getting that Guernsey. I have to say, it's such an interesting entry in pretty much everything you can imagine. <laughs> the, the, the structure of the song, mm. the execution of the song, the artist herself. And, and with the song, there's so many attention-grabbing elements throughout the whole thing. It just keeps you engaged. And the high-impact moments are high-impact. Totally. Uh, her, as you mentioned as well, she owns that stage. She owns. You don't need a lot of bells and whistles. She's the bells and whistles. She connects with that camera. Um, she just has so much presence about it. You can't take your eyes off her, even if you're maybe not enjoying the four different changes of genres throughout the song. <laughs> but I think that is, again, another pro that you mentioned. You're not keeping the same. It's not one note. Something else is happening. Yes, it's going to put people off. But God is going to still capture people at the same time. Yeah. Uh, The message, again, we have a female empowerment song. This one very specific towards Russian women. Mm. Um, It's a message that should resonate with a lot of women around Eastern Europe. Yeah. And so the tally vote for this, it should be strong. There's a massive Russian-speaking population out there that watch Eurovision. This should do very, very well. I'm uh, glad you mentioned that. I wrote down here in capital letters, Russian language. Yes. We have been calling for Russian language to be there. Like, it is one of the most highly oh. spoken languages in Europe and the Eurovision sphere. It's a lot of second or third languages, and particularly across the East, for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of expat as well. And then also, you think of places like the Baltics. There's such a large percentage of, of Russian speakers, even in places like Lithuania, Estonia, mm-hmm. Latvia. Mm-hmm. Russian is very, very widely spoken throughout um, Central to Eastern Europe. Yeah, and even though I think, of course, there's that female empowerment, it's not just going to be about that that side of things as well, but the language works, she works. I love the con- combination of genres. The fact that we have this almost like hip hoppy type mm. Eastern thing. I don't even know how to explain it. I'm probably not explaining <laughs> it very well. And then you do this beautiful, traditional like Russian like choir type of you know that kind of uh, Red Army choir kind of stuff going on which I just adore and I love a lot of people love that traditional Russian stuff because even if you didn't like the hip hop stuff you'd be like you know I really like that bit and it's such a juxtaposition isn't it between this funky hip hop kind of sound and rap she's going on into this full kind of Russian oh I love it choir thing I love it it's mind blowing (laughs) it's fantastic all right we can't just gush over gush this over this got the putin regime will be all over <laughs> us all right let's talk about some of the downfalls here Dar. so just the very nature of the song and all those elements could give it a very messy kind of vibe on the night mm-hmm. and i think if you watch the national final you could forgive her because it was all very hastily thrown together within 48 hours you're not going to get away with that at eurovision you have to be top notch so look i think it could it could you know, really split some jurors and some televoters there. And look, yeah, everything that's pro, this reminds me of a couple of other songs we've spoken about, including Australia. Everything pro about it, it is the potential drawbacks. Mm-hmm. The mix of genres all over the show. It, it is, it's not a smooth song. Um, and that is going to put people off. Even if you like one part, you just might hate the other and you're just not going to come away with it. Just not knowing how to feel and not feeling strong enough to really pick up the phone and vote. Mm. Um, same for juries. How are they going to treat this kind of song? It's so different. It's unusual. Um, I'm just not sure how that's going to come across. This this mix is, is interesting. Yeah. I um, As we said, the national fo- uh, f- uh, final was thrown together at the 
last minute. She doesn't have the luxury here, I think, of, of really having a, a clear narrative that she could work on for months. Therefore, I think what we pretty much saw at the national final, she could elevate it a little, but I'm not expecting big bells and whistles here on the staging. I'm expecting a pretty raw performance. And um, yeah, up against some of the big bells and whistles in semi-final one, it might be found a bit lacking. And look, there's a re- reason Russia sings in English. Um, if When they sing in English, they get a lot of televote across the East. You're not gaining a lot by singing in Russian. <laughs> Again, as much as I said all the pros are the drawbacks. And is this going to put off the West? Because it's not normally a language you hear. They're going to get into it. Who knows? Maybe they will. But it's a question mark because they've gone for pan-European with the Taliban English and also the connections with Russia from the East. And that's worked for them so far. They've always done very well in the televote. Very much so, particularly when you saw people like Polina Gagarina, um, Sergei Lazarev, English language songs polled brilliantly, brilliantly oh, smash it in out of the, the televote. Yep. Also, this isn't a really tough semifinal. As we know, it's third in the running position. It might just be a bit like, oh, what was that? And then by the end of the night, okay, you remember it. But does it have the broad appeal to get those votes and to get those Drew votes and get the Tele votes? Where is the points coming from? They've lost Belarus. Mm, would have yeah. helped them a lot because I think you would have been seeing some high points there. Um, and there's not a lot of those nations in the semi. It feels like it would actually elevate one of those songs that might come ninth in a semi and then actually come 10th, 11th or 12th in a final. But it could also miss out because yeah. you don't have a lot of people in that semi-final who might align with the song. They've got Azerbaijan, don't worry. Um, <laughs> they do. And, and Ukraine, even for the televoters. Exactly. Look, there is a lot of Russian speakers in Ukraine. Absolutely. You're right. Um, and it's not often we talk about Russia being in danger of not qualifying, but you start to put this unusual package in a number three slot in a tough semi-final all of a sudden. There's kind of question marks. Indeed. All right, let's see how the Aussie Vision team ranked this. An unusual entry... Always hard to know how a broad group of 17 people across mm. a lot of demographics are going to go for this one. And the Aussie Vision team have put this in. Well, what have we done? <laughs> 12th. Hey, that's not too bad. That's actually pretty good. I would I'm have, impressed. would have thought for people, a bunch of people halfway around the world, they don't speak the language to a degree. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. That's no, good. It's really, really good. Um, it ranged quite highly from the 15 that we know about from 3rd to 37th. There were four top 10s out of the 15 we know, only one in the 30s. Mm. So actually, even though there was a third to 37th, you take that one person out and third to the 20s. Mm. So that's, you know, that's why it was in that 12th. A lot of teens, a lot around that area. So yeah, quite a lot of love and real likes for this song. Yeah, if it's translating to us, hopefully it translates across Europe as well. Well, We are Euro fans though. Yeah, true. We're going to hear from the Aussie Vision team and we're going to start with one of the pros, which is Laura. And the low voter, which is Steve Hernickin, explain himself. Always <laughs> off to the gulag. Can I just say, wow, I did not expect Russia to send an entry like this to Eurovision, but I am living. Russian woman is unlike anything I've heard before, but I love every second of it. From the rap to the drop, which absolutely slaps hard, to the powerful and emotive singing and empowering lyrics, this song has it all. It's so, so catchy, and it's been stuck in my head ever since it came out. Manisha herself has a magnetic stage presence. She is an incredibly expressive performer, which helps me understand the message of the song, even though it's mostly in Russian. Russian Woman is brimming with cultural authenticity. 
but it's still easily accessible for non-Russians to understand. It's memorable and attention-grabbing from start to finish, and I love it. Well done, Manisha. I love the message behind Russian Woman. Um, that's probably the only positive thing I can say about it. Um, I actually find it really difficult to listen to. Um, I don't like the screechy voice. Um, I don't like the spoken bits at all. Um, every time this comes onto my playlist, I skip. To be honest, it kind of gives me a bit of a headache. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was possibly a little bit mean to it, but this song will never escape my 30s in terms of my ranking. Um, I don't seek it out, and yeah, I give it a miss. Okay, well, Laura obviously liked that one. She was living, though, <laughs> living. And it's catchy with a very powerful message, and, you know, that can't be ignored. Steve also likes the message. He just finds the execution of it hard to listen to, which, if it's not your kind of genre or, I mean, one of your four genres that you're singing <laughs> or whatever, then I can totally understand that as well. And I think there's your pro and your con right there in in personified absolutely um if it's just not for you you are just not going to connect with this and if you do you're gonna love it it's just how heavy one falls in the favor of well let's see how heavy we fall on this one Dale. let's wrap and rank i'll kick us off there is something just about this song and about this artist that makes this interesting and compelling and maybe it's the authenticity and the grit that's usually lacking in the uber-produced Russian entries. But this just really stands out for me. I'm intrigued how this fares at the competition because I'm a massive fan and it's top 10 for me. I've given this sixth. Sixth place, nice work. Good spot. Look, for me, I love, love, love this. (laughs) I love her. I love the message. I love the style. I love that spunk that she gives in it. And then I love what she goes into this traditional sound. It's like these two things that I feel comes together really well, particularly where she connects them to with that little kind of spoken word bit mm-hmm. where she connects and talks to you. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, but I do know what you're saying. And I just adore that. That traditional part is just, oh, it just gives me eargasms. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things I've heard in Eurovision in years. Yeah, I don't know if, if I had to get up at 2 a.m. in the morning and Putin didn't address and if he's hypnotized me but i am obsessed with this song you are i'm obsessed with it i listen to it all the time it's not my winner but it's close to it it's second place for me overall i love this song i almost choked on my mind there (laughs) second place for russia for you yes wow that's got to be one of the biggest russian votes you've given Oh, um, apart I from Sergey Lazarev, to Sergey Lazarev <laughs> at a drop of a hat. But other than that, yes, isn't what I'm finding because I do listen to other stuff that's going on in the fandom and stuff. This really has resonated with fans, and it's great to see because I think a lot of times, you know, people do dismiss Russia because it's simply Russia. But um, it's great to see them have the courage, the delegation to to put this artist and this message out to Europe. Because yeah. Exactly, and I think it's one of those ones where the Eurofans are going to love it more than the result, <laughs> where normally the Eurofans don't love Russia and they get the results. <laughs> True. But uh, there's just something just wonderful and it's going to go down, I think, for many years of, of being enjoyed by fans more than a lot of other Russian entries. Yeah, let's hope she polishes it up and does a really great job at Rotterdam. All right, well, let us know what you think. Were you more on the positive side of things or you just think it's a bit of a hot mess? Let us know at Aussie Vision Net across all our socials 
And also do subscribe and leave us a review on whatever podcast channel you listen to. It really does help people find us during the busy Eurovision season. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Das Vidanya. <laughs> thanks for joining us. See you later. Thank you.